Hey, 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 everyone. It's your girl, your host, Eve. Um, I've been on a hiatus for a while, but I am back. Let me just share a tidbit with you guys. I recorded an episode not too long ago, and it was deleted by one of my children. So I'm going to give you guys my best because I am hot right now. Um... So this episode, I wanted it to be, um, because it's Women's Month, I wanted to have uh, several different women come on and speak, and I probably still will do that. However, I just wanted to start the episode and get it out there, and this episode is old to 18-year-old E. Um, so I said I was going to start... Um, Letting you guys in on a little bit about me and my life and my background. And um, there's so many different things that I wanted to share. But um, I know people are wondering, like, why 18-year-old E? I feel like in the African-American community, especially black women with black women, that year, that 18-year-old mark is such a pivotal pivotal mark in a young woman's life because we are entering adulthood and as for me I know with my situation as far as an a turning 18 I had so much on my plate and there was so much going on um little backdrop, a little history. I was raised by my grandmother. Um, pretty much until my teenage years, I want to say. Um, well, no, I'm sorry. I was raised by my grandmother until about the age of 11 and a half. And I went with my mother during my teenage years. And I ended up back with my grandmother at the age of 15. Um, so I pretty much was a, I guess you can say in the system, baby, I grew up going to court and family court and CPS workers and social workers, um, just for my grandmother raising me, um, it was a lot, it was a lot to deal with and my grandmother actually passed away two months before my high school graduation. And um, that was the woman, that was the person who taught me what I felt like was the things that I needed to know into adult, to come into adulthood, to come into my womanhood. And... Um, I lost her at such a critical moment in my life. Uh, I was 17 years old. I had just lost my stepfather six months prior. So it was a lot to deal with. It was a lot to handle. And I honestly... I felt like it was... A crushing time for me in my life. Um, 
And then shortly after that, um, issues arose in my family and I ended up living from family member to family member. So devastating, um, such a traumatic time of life. Um, that whole piece before I turned 18, it, it seemed like the world was closing in on me and I didn't have anyone to encourage me or uplift me or to tell me that it was going to be okay. And looking back from then to now, I know that things was going to work out. But 18-year-old E didn't know that. (laughs) She did not know or have a clue the amount of things that she would endure. I feel like 18-year-old E really, really needed that that love and that mentorship and that encouragement and I feel like a, it's, a, it's a lot that goes on in the African American community with black women especially with their mothers um, that is just not spoke, spoke on enough and I feel like we'll get into that so I don't want to go into that too much as far as with Mother's Day, but you know, a mother will die making her son a sandwich in the kitchen. But when it comes to black women and their daughters, the first sign of trouble, they're out the door in their teenage years and turning 18 and turning to quote unquote adulthood. And I feel like a lot of the times, those generational curses and that, that attitude and that behavior amongst mothers with black daughters leads to the things that young E experience. Um, my new saying is I, I got it out the mud. I tell people that all the time. Like, I got it out the mud. Y'all have to be clear. But I really want to give a little background history on why I say the things that I say because so many um, different, everybody has a story, everybody has a background. And in my situation, my background and my story and the history of my life and my experiences, um, I feel like, especially those moments in my life, I did not share enough. Uh, about why I'm so encouraging to others and why I uplift other women the way that I do and why I give up resources the way that I do and why I try to make Black women especially lives easier. Um, And, you know, I was raised on survival and love. I used to always think that I was just raised on survival. I was raised on survival and love. And I was raised by an older woman, my grandmother, and coming from the generation that she came from versus the things that she introduced me to as far as therapy, as far as um, getting in tune with my emotions, getting in tune with who I am as a woman. I feel like had she not decided to grow and be introduced and be willing to learn those same generational curses would have been 
placed upon me and it would have led to my destruction. Um, me and my mother, we don't have, we always had a rocky, rough relationship. And my grandmother and I had always been close. And it's always been a thing for me to, I'm not to excuse my mother, but to learn now as an adult to understand that the relationship that I had with my grandmother was not a relationship that she had with her mother, my grandmother. And I feel like people who don't heal from those things, those traumatic experiences that they had with their parents, will place those things on their children. I feel like my grandmother, what she tried to do was bridge that gap a bit. And losing her, especially the person who I felt like I've always been grateful to, even though I was in the system, I had someone to come back for me. And I think that that's such a major thing in the Black community and African-American families that we don't, depending on situations, we don't always have someone to come back for. We don't always have family members who pick up where our parents left off or didn't leave off, you know, in raising us um, in a particular way. And if I, I recently I followed this page on Instagram called Humans of New York. And it was, um, it tells different tales about people, you know, in New York. Now they've expanded this. They tell different tales about families all over. And it was a young woman who spoke on growing up in the system. And before that, before she got actually introduced to the system, she had a mother who had an addiction. and her well, drug addiction and she had a boyfriend, Mr. Carl, who had a drug addiction as well. But he gave up his drug addiction when she was born. And in doing so, he became the stability in her life, the person who raised her and was caring for her. So she stated that um when he was a New York case, she stated that her mother had went away on a bench and she was gone for three months. And Mr. Carl was the person who ended up caring for her and her brothers while her mother was out on this bench doing, you know, whatever she was doing. And Mr. Carl ended up actually getting into it with her mother, which I'm pretty sure he's like, these ain't my kids. You've been gone for three months. What is going on? What, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Um, so they ended up getting into it. And he ended up leaving the children behind and leaving the mom. Essentially, you know, when you leave the mom, you leave the children. So it may seem um, in some families. And what happened was, um, of course, you know, it became survival mode for that young girl. And she ended up going into foster care. My mother was just too far gone. And she ended up in foster care, and the foster care mom was really mean to her, is what she was saying. And Mr. Carl went to actually get visitation rights to visit her. And she felt like that saved her, in a way. Him coming to visit her and coming to um, take them on the weekends away from the foster care mom. And 
I I was a wreck reading that. I was um it stated that Mr. Carl would like let them know, hey, whenever I get myself together, you know, I can afford a place, I'm gonna come back and get you guys. And he did he did do that. Um, this wasn't their father. This was just a mother's boyfriend who took began to love on and care for these children, this young girl in the system, and she create they created structure and stability in her life. And she said that she never cared about the fact that Mr. Carl left. It was the fact that he came back for her. And as I said it before, a lot of black families they don't have when they go and enter into the system family that's gonna come back for them. That's gonna make sure that they're okay. And I feel like with my grandmother, that was my saving grace. I've heard many, many, many stories about people growing up in the system and how things were horrible and how they've suffered all kinds of abuse, uh, especially sexual abuse at the hands of those who were set to care for them. And I've always felt like my grandmother came back for me and how grateful and humble and thankful I was that that was not my story. Um, so check out Humans of New York page. And I just... Being raised on love and survival really changes your perspective. Because it's not just I'm loving on you and caring for you. I'm teaching you the things that you need to know so that when I depart from this world, I've given you all I have. And... I feel like I didn't get to reach that level of giving you all I had because my grandmother passed when I was 17. Um, so here I am entering into the world <laughs> as a college student. And I remember, um, I remember living from place to place and bouncing back and forth. I didn't know that you needed a deposit for housing. I didn't know. I didn't have anybody teach me how to fill out a FAFSA. I didn't have anyone explain financial aid. I had to do all of these things on my own outside of school. And I was attending summer school um, for my English and math. And I was really, really, really trying to figure out and maneuver life. I had a boyfriend at the time and, you know, at that time, that was like our last summer together before he went off to do his endeavors. He was going to a different state. I was staying here in Maryland and, you know, I want to say our lives and our college experience were vastly different. Um, he had the full-blown experience. And I was going through college. I had a full scholarship to Towson University, and I was going through these experiences. And this was just, was just at just before I turned 18, leading into turning 18. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, I'm really, I just really wish someone would be there for me to help me. And be like truly, sincerely help me out. 
and I just didn't have that. And as a as a as a man, you know, going through his own college experience, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't able to provide that kind of support. Um, I encouraged him to, you know, move forward with his college life and his college experiences. Um, so we made time where we could for the relationship, but we were kind of falling off and dwindling and we were engaged and we were young. Um, so I remember starting school and getting this huge refund check and I was like, Oh wow. So I was searching for an apartment somewhere close to my school. It was really, I had to do all of these things on my own and this was me 18 years old. And I finally found someone that would take a chance on me. I was working, so I had income. And I also had that school refund that was um, that refund check. And I remember getting the keys to my place and feeling like, whew, I'm finally going to have a place of my own. Finally going to have some sort of stability because my grandmother was my stability. And when she passed, it was, I was staying at her home and then, you know, family came, they took over and then it was a horrible experience. So I didn't understand. And I got my keys and I was like, wow, this is, somebody took a chance on me and I was so thankful for that. And I got this huge refund check and I was like, what is life? And then my boyfriend and I broke up and it was like, I really felt alone and coming from someone who lost, I lost my stepfather and my grandmother six months away from apart from each other. They were the two people who I felt like encouraged me the most and was there for me the most. And to lose someone in my life that I thought was my forever person really took a toll on me in a way. And I didn't realize or recognize the level of destruction that came along with that. I was so... I was so tuned away from my emotions. Uh, from the naked eye, it would just look like I was okay. I was thriving. I was doing good in school. But I was flunking. <laughs> I was participating in foolishness. I, I felt like everything was going in my favor. But say the first thing that I would give, the first advice that I would give, the first thing I would say to 18-year-old E is to breathe. Breathe heavily, breathe strongly, breathe deeply. You need to grieve. You need to have that moment. Because 
18-year-old E created this habit of drinking all day long. I remember and I recall so many situations where I would go to school or or fake go to school. I think I didn't have class on Friday or had like one morning class and I just wouldn't go to class on Fridays. And a friend of mine would come over and we would drink and drink, drink and drink and we would I feel like in that moment in the mist that was what started the full grieving process. But I was grieving everything. I was grieving so much loss, the loss of my grandmother, the loss of my stepfather, the loss of someone that I loved because he had moved on. <laughs> he had a girlfriend. And I think that I was so alone and I was so hurt and I was hurting for so many different reasons that I picked up that addiction of drinking and I just didn't care. I didn't care. I was like, listen, this going to be me. This going to be what I do. And <laughs> the first advice that I would give 18-year-old E is to grieve, to experience loss in the safest way possible. Um, cause that path was leading me to destruction, drinking all the time and, oh child, I was turning up before it was a turn up and just wandering and not really grasping the fact that I really needed to grieve and I was experiencing things and loss that I shouldn't have experienced at my age, but I was going about it the wrong way and I was hurting so much. And people around me, they didn't, they didn't know or understand and they just thought I was just changing. And so the second thing that I would give, advice that I would give to 18-year-old E is to never stop pursuing therapy. I feel like my grandmother, she first introduced me to therapy and I, I feel like at that moment I just wasn't ready to accept or embrace the fact that I was the product of a mother who was addicted to drugs and that... I needed someone to talk to you and I, I needed to be able to let those things out and those feelings out and the, 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 I was scared and afraid. And I feel like even at the early age of six, I convinced myself that not only that I didn't need therapy, but that it just wasn't for me. And that I needed to be strong for everyone else. And I think that's the strong black woman narrative that I created for myself. And boy, do I wish I can take that away. Because people are always like, you're so strong. And you're so resilient. And, oh, wow. You, you really keep going. And looking back. I wish that I wouldn't have embraced that so much. 
but I was dealing with some heavy, heavy things at six years old and at 18. I old advice to 18-year-old Eve would be to continue therapy. I had I signed myself up for therapy as a teenager living with my mom. It was oh such a traumatic experience for me. I was treated so differently and so much stuff happened and I was suicidal and depressed and going through these crises in my life and I signed myself up for therapy because I just felt like now was the time. And I was so afraid for me. And I feel like 18-year-old E still needed that. I mean, I feel like I should have reached out. I should have talked to a doctor. I mean, 18-year-old E didn't even know how to make a dentist appointment. She didn't know. She didn't have anyone to advise her. So she didn't know what to do. I mean... I feel like therapy was the gateway that I needed to open those doors for resources for what it was that I needed in my day-to-day life, how to function properly. And I just didn't have that. And and I, I wish that children, women that I see that develop into these beings that get older... I wish someone would have told them to pursue therapy and to go at the healing and to go at the experiencing new different things, new different experiences. And that's why I'm telling 18-year-old E therapy. She needed it. She needed that hope. She needed someone to confide in in an unbiased way. So 18-year-old E needed therapy. That would be the second thing that I would give, the advice that I would give her. Um, number three would be to be gentle with myself. I feel like in a lot of situations and instances, I didn't give myself enough grace. To feel like I deserve to feel these things. Um, I've always been so hard and so critical of me. I didn't need anybody else to be hard and critical. I've always felt like I needed people to be the opposite with me. Because I'm going to be me at the most. And I feel like... 18-year-old E needed to know that it was okay to be gentle with herself. And it was okay to know and understand that give yourself a break. You are really doing the best that you can with the life that in the hand that you've been dealt. And I think that I really didn't understand that some things were predestined because of 
the generational curses and the and the, the lack of support and the lack of love that I felt from my mother and from family and the jealousy that I faced from family members. I feel like there are women and there are young girls that are going through these things now that need to be gentle with themselves. I feel like 18-year-old E had such a a a life that she did what she had to do. She got the straight A's. She participated in everything she could participate in. She was going to school for to be a lawyer because that's what everybody wanted her to do. That's what was expected of her. And I feel like 18-year-old E really, really, really fell into that I'm free. I feel like the relationship that I had with my my ex, the one that I had felt like was my life partner, I feel like us trying to make it work as 18-year-old E was navigating her life. I mean, because I, you know, I was going to add him to the lease and we was going to live together and we was going to, you know, get married and everything came to a halt. And I feel like even in, I've always felt confined and restrained and controlled in the sense that I always wanted to do what was what everyone else wanted me to do and please everyone. And in the process, I felt so, I know why the cage bird is saying, <laughs> kind of like this cage bird, this woman, this young girl who wanted freedom and who child did I get freedom 18 year old he was free but I feel like 18 year old he needed discipline he needed structure in her life and I feel like the problem is that I didn't want anybody to tell me what to do. I've always had an issue with authority in my life in such a way that the authoritative figures in my life, I allowed them to dictate my person. More so not, oh, I'm going to stand against you, but because I've always been submissive in a lot of ways in my life. Submission has come easily for me. Because I've always taken the role of doing what's best to please others in a negative connotation. And 18-year-old E being free and no long relationships and her own place and nobody telling her what to do. I feel like 18-year-old E... I needed to, I need to tell her that you need discipline and you need structure in your life. I feel like I didn't get true discipline and structure in my life as an adult woman until much, much, much later. Um, True discipline, I'm talking about celibacy is discipline, it's work, it's... um, And I went on that journey 
many years ago and I'm back on that journey, but that discipline that I needed was so critical for me because I needed to tell 18-year-old E, I needed to tell 18-year-old E that you needed discipline in your life and that you can control the narrative of that discipline in your life. Being centered and being focused. I had so many different distractions in my life at 18. It was horrible. And I feel like structure, even coming into my own as an adult now, structure and discipline and organization is needed for me. And controlling that narrative, I know for me, as long as I can control that narrative in my life, things go great for me. And people are like, how do you do these things? How do you do so much? What are you doing? I'm like, discipline, function, focus, no distractions. And I feel like 18-year-old E needed to know that she needed discipline. She didn't need that much freedom. And that as long as she controlled that narrative for herself, she would be okay. brings me to <laughs> my next one point to myself which is number four and it is don't give your body away be stingy with it I feel like if I had just took a vow of celibacy that year, that first year of me turning 18, having my place in school, I feel like things would have turned around a lot differently for me because it was a distraction. And I and, and I understand celibacy in my adult life now because when I am celibate and when I am Room far removed from things and intimacy in ways that aren't pleasing to me and my body, I feel like I grow and I learn and I develop and things happen for me. Excuse me. And it's so amazing to see because you can tell. The direction and the path that I want to go, you can tell. And I mean, it would save me eighteen year old. It would have saved her many trips to the clinic. It would have saved her many figuring out who and what and all this. Oh, love and do they really want me for me or my body? I mean, I feel like. <laughs> 18-year-old E would have been able to give herself the break that she needed to get back focused, not flunk out of college and, you know, figure out her job situation, figure out resources. I had lost my job shortly after I moved into my place because I had a refund check that <laughs> was huge <laughs> because I was on full scholarship. Um, 
I was able to pay my rent up until September. And I had moved into like February. I had moved in in February. So it was like huge. But I feel like not giving away myself and being stingy with my body in the way that I viewed and worshiped me and my body things would have happened a little bit differently. And I don't think that people really know or understand or view it the way that way. And I feel like I wish that I could tell young women, because I don't want to tell them what to do with their body, but I really wish that someone would have told me the value in saving that bit for someone who was worth it outside of my forever person, <laughs> you know, I feel like it would have helped me do better and be better for me. And those gems that I've learned and imparted in myself and my celibacy now as an adult. Who child? I tell everybody, listen, it ain't worth it, sis. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. It's just not. It's not. And that's just my standpoint on that now as an adult. It's just not worth it. Um so yeah, keep it to yourself. I would tell myself, 18 year old E. Girl, keep that, keep it to yourself. Number five is I would tell myself that you are worthy of love. You are worth it no matter what. And I feel like me feeling like all of my, I'm damaged goods and I've been through so much and life has dealt me these hands and my background, my history growing up, the way that I did, the things that I've experienced, I felt unworthy of love. I felt like I wasn't worth it. And I feel like 18-year-old E needed to know, she needed to hear that she is not her circumstances, the life that she's been dealt, and she is worth love, and she is worth worthy, and she is she is loved, whether she doesn't feel like it, whether she doesn't know who and what and who are those people who really, truly, deeply love her. She is loved, and I feel like. He needed to know that because in her not knowing that she was loved and worthy and worth it and someone was going to be there. And I mean, I'm 31 years old and I still, you know, but I feel like I understand my true worth now. And 18-year-old E, because she felt like she was never going to have anybody and no one was ever going to love her, 
she made a mistake that's been carrying and dragging out into her grown adult life of marrying someone who she didn't love, didn't want to be with because she felt like she wasn't worthy of real true love. And she needed to know that she's worth it. I feel like a lot of women suffer that in silence. That's their greatest fear that they're never going to have anyone. They're never going to be loved. That no one's ever going to feel that way about them. And you are worth it. So my next point would be to chase you. Chase you. Be aggressive with how you love you. Be aggressive with how you actively pursue your healing. How you actively pursue dealing with traumas in your life and overcoming. And 18-year-old Eve really needed you know that she needed to chase her. Focus on her individual person, meaning herself. And it's so deep and it's so devastating because I feel like 18-year-old E just really wanted to be loved and accepted by whomever at the moment that she really didn't see the beauty in chasing herself. And I feel like as an adult now, I'm like, I'm so wrapped up in me and in my individuality as a person and, and extending myself that grace that I need that I'm like, I'm the best me when I am chasing me, chasing my healing, chasing discovering my hobbies, my my passions. And I feel like these things are so necessary for me because I need it. Like I, I need that. I feel like 18-year-old E, I feel like Black women in the world in general, they need to understand that chasing them has so many perks <laughs> that... You won't have time to look at what you didn't have or what you didn't do. You've lived and you've had a full life. Which brings me to my next point. Chasing, chasing Eve. I would have to tell 18-year-old E, girl, you are the Excuse my language, y'all, but you are the shit. Period, Pooh. And I feel like 18-year-old E didn't really realize the gem and the juice that she was sitting on, the talent, the the intelligence, the opportunity that she had to be the eighth the only 18-year-old woman that had her own place. 
rent was paid, bills was paid, and she really, really like looking in, men preyed on that. Like looking back, men preyed on that 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 idea of this independent young woman who has her own and they're like, Wow, that's amazing. How can I get a part of that? How can I be in her presence? And it took me many, many years later to understand that you were the shit at 18. I might not have felt like it, but I should have, I, I wish that I would have personified that image of myself to the world, projected that to the world and not in an arrogant sort of way, but in the, you can't, I can't invite you into my space unless you are, unless you are being, unless you are doing, unless you are something of an asset to my life. And I say that because my ex-husband, for many years, he would tell me, and he says it every now and again still, that he wanted me to be his wife because I was the only 18-year-old he knew had her own place, was on full scholarship in college, bills was paid, doing things that people our age just wasn't doing. And I wish I would have saw myself the way he saw myself because he wouldn't have never been in my space. <laughs> He wouldn't have ever got close enough to be in the presence of me because I would have understood all of the things that he saw and knew of me and about me. I would have felt that about myself. And because I had felt that, I would have felt that about myself at 18 year old. E. Not, you know, now, this advice can go for anybody who feels like. I'm not saying that you have to have your own place at 18. That's not, not what I'm saying. I'm saying that whatever you are in the space that you are in, that you've accomplished and determined that life for you independently from others, applaud yourself. And look at you as an asset. Like I stated before, I wish 18-year-old Eve felt like she was worthy. And because... If she would have felt like she was worthy, she would have knew that she was a shit. I'm talking about body banging, stack. I'm talking about home to herself in college, knew what she wanted to do with her life, dealt a, a, a hand that was horrible, but she made it work. She was a shit. And I feel like I wish I had known that about Aaron. I wish I had known. Which leads me to my next point. My next bit of advice to 18-year-old E, which is seek God. Seek God, seek Him, acknowledge Him, find a relationship with God. Because if you do not, I, I know I, I talk about God and most of my things, but He really 
changed my life. And I feel like everything was made clear when I decided to pursue a relationship with God. And there was no uncertainty. There, there, uncertainties come, but they don't stay. Confusion come, but it doesn't stay. There's a peace of mind. There's a joy there. And I feel like 18-year-old E needed to go on her quest sooner. I feel like everything happens in the divine order that it is supposed to happen in. I went on a spiritual journey. I went Muslim. Then I went back to Christianity. I was seeking and searching. And I see a lot of different people. They, I see that they're seeking and searching different things. And and I can, I can tell that they don't know that everything begins and ends with God. And I feel like 18-year-old Eve really needed to know and how to build upon a relationship with God. I feel like God was really the center of everything for me. And I just didn't know it yet. So I really feel like 18-year-old E had a lot on her plate. But having God and understanding a real true relationship with him would have made my path a little bit straighter. I probably still would have had lumps and crumps and bridges across and, you know, shenanigans. But I feel like it wouldn't have made me feel like I was the only one and I was experiencing these things on my own. Like, I was truly alone in the world. And I needed to know that. And I think that that brings me to my next point, which was don't be prideful. Don't be ashamed of the things that you're dealing with or the things that you're experiencing. I know, you know, 18-year-old E, she was going through so many different things and she didn't have anybody. She didn't have anybody to count on. And, I mean, she didn't even know how to apply for food stamps. But there were days that she would go hungry because she just didn't have any food. She didn't have any resources. She didn't have anybody to teach. I remember many days I would go to my mom's house and friend's house. It's just to, to eat a meal. And I remember I, I was proud. I was being prideful. But I also felt like I needed to open my mouth and to discern upon who I can talk to about the things that I was going through. And also to understand that the people who love me, they really love me. Like the people then and the people in my life now are the same people that loved me that wouldn't have wanted to see me suffer. And 18-year-old E needed to know not to be prideful. She needed to know, which brings me to my next point, which is 
girl, you need a hug. Like, um, <laughs> you know how you get a hug from somebody and they hug you just a little bit longer, just a little bit tighter. And it's comfort there. You saying somebody that uh, a person in my life that will hug me like that, and of course, the, I mean they haven't given me one of those hugs in a long time. Um, but I used to feel so much comfort in their embrace. Be and I don't know if it would be for me or for them, but I really appreciated how this particular guy in my life would have hugged me. And I feel like 18-year-old E really needed to know that life, the things that she were, she was dealt, it wasn't her fault. And she needed a hug. I feel like many times... Sometimes that's all we need is to feel seen. And I don't know about you guys, but when I get those kinds of hugs, I feel seen. I feel like I'm being exposed because that embrace a little bit longer, a little bit tighter lets me know that there's something about me and my energy my or my person that they felt like I needed just a little bit more love today. And 18-year-old E really needed a hug. She needed to extend, have that love extended to her. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit longer. A, long, a little bit longer of an embrace. I feel like she just didn't know that things would eventually get better. And in many situations, a hug would have went a long way. The next point. That. 18-year-old he needed to know was be your own hero. You are your own hero. You can do the things that are hard, that are tough, and 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 you will. You will do the things that are that are hard and tough. And it will be great. It will be wonderful. Don't wait to be saved. Save yourself. And I'm not saying that I, because I've never been the type to lounge around and wait for somebody to come save me. But I've always felt like I needed someone to intervene in my life, and I and I did, and I did in a way. But there's so much more power in you. That's what I mean when I say be your own hero. That there's so much power in you that. You do not even recognize in yourself. You are a true hero. You will be 
a true hero to yourself and save yourself. I feel like 18-year-old E really needed to know that she was her own hero. And to be her own biggest fan. The last point I would want to give the 18-year-old E is to let things go. Learn to let things go. Not to say not to feel things when it happens. You are to embrace your emotions, but to let things go because there's so much destruction and not letting things go. And not fully healing in the process. Because you can recover and not let it go. And it can hurt you. And it can cut you over and over and over again. And I feel like 18-year-old E really needed to learn to let things go. Whatever it may be, let it go. If it happened in the past, it was yesterday. Let it go. I feel like some in some situations I built grudges and held things against people and things against myself that didn't really help me in the long run. It wasn't really conducive to how I should feel about me. I needed to let things go. There's so much beauty in letting things go. I'm hoping that you guys really enjoyed this episode. Old to 18-year-old E. Ooh, child. You know was to love her and maybe even hate her a little bit. But I'm what I'm hoping for this episode is that people know and understand that. And it's, this is not me living in regret. Let's, let me be clear. This is not me living in regret. This is not me wishing that things would be differently. I feel like everything happens for a reason. Everything has a season. Everything has its purpose. That's Ecclesiastes 3. And I, one of my favorite scriptures. And I feel like I needed to know... And I'm, I'm sharing this with others because I feel like other people need to extend this much grace and just give themselves this advice. And not only give themselves this advice, but to give this advice to others that they see that are step outside of themselves in an unselfish way and recognize that people deal with things. And that there is another generation that is coming up underneath of us that need to know these things, that need to have this much love poured into them. Some of the best advice I've gotten was from older women giving me life lessons, advice, things they wish they had knew. And I wish that I, I give so much to others and black women 
I mean, I extend so much grace. I extend so much resources. People are like, why don't you just pay? Why don't you make them pay? And I pay for, how many people pay for resumes? And how many people pay for this? And how many people pay for that? And I'm just like, who child? I wish somebody would have just gave me help. Especially at 18 years old. I wish people would have really recognized that I didn't know anything. Not nearly as much as I needed to, to really, truly survive and, and come out of situations that were, some situations were destined to break me and some situations were destined to rebuild me. But I feel like if I had someone and some people who could have shown me the way, it would have been such a great experience for me. A better experience, a positive experience. And this is what I am hoping that you guys get an experience and pay it forward. Pay it forward. There's so much beauty in you. 18 year old E, you are wonderful. You are great. You are worthy. You will be loved. You are loved. It's okay. Things will get better. Stand on faith. Be encouraged. This is 31-year-old E signing out. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate all of my active listeners and supporters. And we'll talk to you later. Yeah, bye-bye.